It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Hit the guys up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439 or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Let me guess, we're not talking about the Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium whenever you're talking about turning it into a parking lot. Is that right? Just think, in three more outs, we'll be going to the World <laughs> Series. Yeah, in Chicago. Uh, that's how I felt last <laughs> night watching that. Yeah, I think a lot of people felt that uh, way watching it. It wasn't just the loss, but, man, that was um, – for a team that struggled offensively this year, that one uh, – whew, that, was, that was not a great way to end the season. Oh, boy. It was brutal. It was brutal. Um, it it was it was not a good way to end the season, and it's hard to grab anything from that. Even from the most positive of us, it's difficult to grab anything from that and say, "Hey, we're knocking on the door, folks. We're we're really close." We couple of things away from uh, really turning not even Lincoln could say that we're special close into happening after here. that game last night that's what you're trying no. to tell me oh man it is that bad it's tough it's tough you know I uh, you know I am a I'm a supporter of Porter Moser okay I, I I like his energy I like his style I think he's a good coach he, he just has not been able to replace the roster. You know, when Coach Kruger left, I mean, there was a, a pile of things that happened all at once. You know, you had some, some guys leave. You had transfer portal open wide up. You had the COVID stuff happen. And essentially, Porter Moser showed up in Norman. And really, aside from, like, one or two guys, there wasn't a basketball team. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's been it's been difficult for him to try and put the pieces together to have a, a super competitive team, and I don't know I don't know what folks are saying out there, but I'm willing to give him more time. That's probably not the common take. You uh, you don't know what people are saying out there. Oh, I'm sure that you could probably guess, I guess what I do people know. are saying. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly what people are saying, and we'll we'll get to yeah. we'll get to that a lot today. You know, um, I, I guess it was a realization this year for me. I, I was probably a year too late on this, but we think the transfer portal in college football is a big de- is, is a big deal, and it is a big deal, right? I mean, you see, the transfer portals really help building rosters immediately. I think it's even more so a, a bigger deal in college basketball, man. When I'm seeing a guy that was a good player at Tech playing for KU this year, or a guy that was a good player mm-hmm. at Texas playing at Iowa State, and I know again that happens in football as well. But the transfer portal, to me, is just such a bigger deal in college basketball, and it feels like they came up on the short end quite a bit last year via the portal. Like, this is a program right now, yeah. 
it's got two top 100 players coming in, but it's got to absolutely knock it out of the park when it comes to the transfer portal. It's just going to be hard to do that when it doesn't seem like their collective is maybe there like a lot of other college basketball programs. So it's it's an uphill battle with that. It's, it's yeah. tough. It's going to be tough. You're exactly right. Um, I hope the uh, I hope some of their collective stuff gets up and going and, and ramped up by the time. I, when is the hot period for like for football? The transfer portal hot period is right after the season. Is it the same in hoops? Like right after yeah uh, this this spring semester. So remember, um, I'm trying to f- remember what month it was. Text line can help us out with that. I, and I remember like the time period because it felt like the spring. Because when OU was doing all those caravans last year, it felt like that's when uh, Porter was trying to find and, and rebuild that roster, and he kept talking about that. So probably yeah. here, yeah, yeah, like in the next month or two is re- when it really gets ramped up. I, uh, I found an, a, a fascinating stat last night, and, and one that I hadn't even thought of. It was from uh, T.J. Eckert, so I'll give him credits. And I'm trying to scroll over and find exactly what it was. Basically, it was – here it is. This is a wild stat. In 2003, Kelvin Sampson in Oklahoma won their third straight Big 12 tournament. The Sooners haven't won back-to-back Big 12 tournament games since. 20 years, dude. I know they haven't fared well in Kansas City recently, but that is wild. You heard that right. You heard that right. Back to they haven't won back to back tournament games in the Big Twelve. Yeah, since their last Big Twelve tournament championship in two thousand three with Kelvin, which they had just won their third straight tournament then. Right. So they haven't won back to back tournaments. You're not talking no, about back to back games. Tournament games, yes, back to back tournament games in the Big Twelve tournament. Long pause wow. here. He's trying to fully, fully digest that <laughs> trying to information. Wrap my head around he that. didn't. I just a, a, a spark plug just blew or something in, in Teddy's brain. He he couldn't Jeez. fully grasp that one. Man, that that it just doesn't seem that doesn't seem true. But all right, I'll take um, take the, their word for it. Um, I thought they won back to back tournament games last year. Last year? No. They beat uh, Baylor. Did they beat Baylor in the first round? And then they almost beat Tech. They almost won that game. They came okay. very close to winning that game, but they lost it like the, well, the final two enough. minutes. Yeah, it's, it was basically a win. Yeah. One and a half. One and a half tournament wins last games. year is what it was. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. I can't believe that. It's a good stat. 20 years Oh, actually, it's yeah. not—it's not, it's not well, a good I mean, stat. I actually hate that stat, yeah. but it was a nice. It's a pull. good find, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, that's a lot better. It's a good find. Yeah, wow. Um, let's that is let's get insane. to the air comfort solutions text line, shall we? Please spare us the Porter hate and negativity text. They've really gotten old. That's from the four hundred five. Um, I will do yeah. my best, but that will will. I don't know. It's going to be tough to navigate things today. Yeah, it is. And hey, you know what? Um, it's it's difficult for for fans to to watch a season unfold and uh, not have success and end up in the bottom of the league and not be upset. Like that's that's 
like the nature of, of being a fan and holding your program to a high level is to not be okay with this type of result. I totally get that. Um, you know, I'm just – I'm of the opinion, and I could be convinced otherwise. I You know, this is – hoops, not my foray. Uh, I, I just kind of – casually watch and take it in don't have any like real hard hitting uh, opinions good for you but i i'm i just i think the situation has been difficult for porter and it hasn't been a true fair run for him to prove his best but you know the the other part of that is and i recognize it is you know no matter what the obstacles in front of him are, it's on him to be able to put together that roster that can compete in this in this conference. In the first two years, he hadn't been able to do it. Yeah. Frisco Sooner says, guys, I really like Porter, but I think he's in deep. You know what? He's going to have to raid the portal once again, and who's he going to get? It's as simple as he is going to have to catch lightning in a bottle and hit on under-evaluated transfers. I just don't see it. So, okay, I'll, I'll go back to your opinion on Porter. I, I mean, that, that, that's fine, and I think a lot of that is fair. The question is, like, what does the athletic director think? Because I, I got to think that, yeah. you know, you haven't made the tournament the past two years. You finished last in the league this year. I, I think a lot of what you said can absolutely be true, and I, maybe Joe Castiglione thinks the same way about it, but I, I kind of feel like he's entering year three on a bit of a hot seat. Like one of those, if you don't make the tournament next You're, year, then yeah. we're having a totally different conversation. Well, I don't think there's any doubt that this team absolutely 100% has to make the NCAA tournament next year. I, there's, there's no way around that. You can't, you can't go three years missing the NCAA tournament. Um, you can't do it. And I don't know when they're thinking about expanding it to, what is it, 700 teams is what they're going to expand the uh, NCAA tournament to? Yeah. You really got to make it thin. We were, uh, we were really saying how dumb of an idea that was uh, four months ago when we heard it. Now it's like, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Come on. Let's, hey. let's get into, let's get into yeah, the thing. How about it? Huh? It's like LeBron hating the play-in game in the NBA to get to the playoffs than needing it. You know, it's, it's kind of where we are right now. But, yeah, man, I'm, I'm – hey, I'm totally with you on that, and I understand it. It's the nature of the beast. Three years missing the tournament, you, it's going to be hard to come back from that. And, you know, here's the thing. I, I think that we can absolutely have a very high-level basketball team here, basketball program. We've seen that in the past. But, honestly, since that referenced time period, what, 01, 02, 03 – they yeah. won three straight Big 12 tournaments. Yeah. Since then, it's really been long droughts and then a couple of, of nice runs with special players. Like, sure. You had the Blake Griffin, local kid, um, most athletic player in the, in the nation. And then you had the Bud Hield era where – you know, a good core of guys stuck it out, developed, and were seniors together, upperclassmen together, and that was a special run. And then uh, even though it didn't turn into a lot of success, I mean, you had a ton of attention during the Trey Young era. So it's been outside of some local guys and, 
you know, a special player in Buddy Heald that was overlooked by a lot of people and being able to come in and really develop as a player over four years, I mean, it's it's been a lot of misses in there. Doesn't that make the uh, stat even crazier? I mean, it's already a wild stat that if you haven't won back-to-back games in the Big 12 tournament since you won it in 2003. So if you were to say that for a program and you weren't very familiar with it, you'd say, ooh, yeah, they've been on a very – They've been on a big-time downstretch from 2003 to now. And like you said, like, there has definitely been you know, some, some bad moments in there, but you've also you played in an Elite Eight. You were, in a, you were in a Sweet 16 during that time and a Final Four. Like, I think that makes that stat even crazier that yeah. you've still had some postseason success even like, with that stat being the case. It's, it's wild. I'm looking at it right here. They beat Iowa State 79-76 and then lost to West Virginia 69-67. That was the buddy nice shot. Nice in uh, in this the buddy shot know, that didn't in count. the second round and then and then they uh went on to the final four against Villanova. So that's wild, man. Which, you know, I, I think that underscores a lot of things and this is not an excuse, but I think it tells you how difficult it is to win the Big 12 tournament these days, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot, a lot of truth to that. Hey, um, we'll, we'll get to a lot of hoop stuff today, but I did want to mention that while you were on your uh, Wednesday sabbatical yesterday, we went ahead yeah. and just took it upon ourselves to come up with the new name for the uh, $175 million football facility that's going up in Norman at some time, uh, oh. at some point in the future. Yeah, um, we're just going to go ahead and name it after Bob, and it's just going to be referred to as the Bob. Like, you had the Bud back in the day. The Bob. The new, the new football <laughs> facility is just going to be the Bob. So just, just kind of get used to that. We, we've already uh, claimed the naming rights and all. That is awesome. I love that, the Bob. We're heading over to the Bob. Practicing the Bob today, boys. It works, yeah. doesn't it? Hey. It totally I, works. Yeah. That's it. That's great. Uh, I, don't, I wonder if that's like something that they're considering. It's got to be, right? Well, uh, depends, on if, depends on if someone wants to drop $25, 30000000 dollars on that thing. If, if that's the case, then whoever that individual's last name is is probably getting their name up on the uh, facility is, is what I would guess. That's how it normally works anyway. It'll be the uh, the blank family Bob Stoops Center yeah, or okay. whatever it's called. Bob Stoops building. What is it? Bob Stoops. Uh, what do you call that? Wait, we were compound? just compound. Stoops compound. Yeah, just the Bob is just going to be on the front of it. That's that's. We don't need to make it more difficult than it needs to be. Just the Bob. <laughs> Uh, that's great. Okay, we got to hit a timeout. Keep hitting the text on 651-3439. I'm at an awesome place today. I'm up in OKC, Chicken and Pickle. I know a lot of people have heard about this place. It's awesome indoor-outdoor entertainment complex. they got um, casual chef-driven restaurants, sports bars that are throughout, uh, pickleball courts, variety of other yard games. they got cornhole. They've got bocce ball out here, shuffleboard, all kinds of really cool things going on and Oklahoma City uh, obviously has one but they've got one up in Overland Park, uh, North Kansas City, Wichita, San Antonio, Grapevine, Texas. We'll learn more about this place as uh, the show rolls on but I got to tell you right now beautiful in here and even though the weather's terrible they got the indoor pickleball courts over there and they're packed right now. There's a lot of people out here playing enjoying it. 
fun new sport a lot of people are getting into. Stay tuned. More from The Rush coming up. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for your residential, commercial, or sports fencing needs. Whether it's a new install or repair work, let Mark and his team at Van Hoos Fence be your trusted resource. Call us today at 405-735-1167. Save yourself from Googling it up. Go to vhfence.com. They will work with you in a great way. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439. Here's an update on a very scary situation that happened with the OU football team earlier today. In case you didn't hear, a player was taken to the hospital this morning following a collapse at practice. Mm. Uh, There was an update at 1.30 from an OU spokesperson that says, they weren't able to confirm the identity of the individual, but there were a whole lot of rumors out there. Um, KOCO about an hour ago reported that uh, Gentry Williams was the player, uh, and he's currently at Norman Regional Healthplex in good-slash-stable condition. That's according to KOCO in Oklahoma City. So that was a very scary situation this morning, and very happy to hear that Gentry Williams is in, he's in good condition. That's, that's very good to hear. Boy, there's no doubt about that. And I imagine after kind of what we all witnessed on, was that Monday night football? The uh, Hamlin? I think that was. was Monday night or Sunday night football? I think it was Monday night. It was one of them. Um, But I I think after kind of watching that and how serious that got (laughs) really quickly, I think everyone's antennas are up, and that's a good thing, right, that there's there's kind of a, a little bit more level of awareness or, or I guess since we've seen some, some high-profile cases that people's antennas are up a little bit more, and, like, if you see a teammate that collapses, like, the, your, that's your initial thoughts is, is something that that severe, and I'm not saying it wasn't that severe. I don't know, but – I can imagine that was an incredibly scary situation, right? Well, yeah, and you had all the – not all the players, but a lot of the players tweeting out that, you know, just pray. Like, you, you started to hear rumors about it, and then when the players are tweeting out like they are, like, yeah, you got pretty yeah. nervous. Like, not just not knowing what – you knew it was very serious. And when you're talking about someone collapsing during a workout, um, that's, that's, that's very, very scary. So, it's good, good to hear that Gentry Williams is in, is in good, uh, stable condition. Man, yeah. Hopefully, they can identify what what exactly the cause of that was, and you know how to how to keep it from happening again with him. Maybe something specific. Who knows? Um, Maybe it's just those coaches' workouts. You know, I mean, uh, it gets brutal up there. But man, I'm I'm so happy that he's okay. That everyone is is in in good shape. So. Yeah, that's – you never want to see that. You never know what that means whenever you, you start to – it could be any range of things from someone rolled their ankle to, you know, who knows what, right, whenever you start to get the the prayers thing flow through and no information, you're just kind of left to speculate. But, man, someone I guess all in all, a good outcome. 
Yeah, some of the text lines said, yeah, that game was Monday night. I remember clearly because I had to listen to Booger for an hour. <laughs> the Booger McFarland hate is, yeah. still, uh, is still alive and well, I guess. Yeah, they – I remember that was that was the weird thing about that is they cut back to the studio after some time there at the field and I nobody had any information it was just like a circular uh, I don't know it was weird to watch and it and I'll say this I'm not the biggest uh, Booger McFarland fan I think you know that but I, that's not an easy job to do whenever you're operating on no information and you just have to sit there on live television with millions of people watching with nothing to offer up. Unscripted. Yeah, that's not, a, that's not an easy job. It's incredibly but. difficult. Yeah, man. I mean, this has been just kind of a scary news day. You had that with Gentry Williams and then Bill Self's in the hospital. He's going to miss the Big 12 tournament. KU had a statement and said that it's an illness, but – there's some people out there that's, that's, that says it's a heart attack. Now, I, I mean, I'll, I, oh, I guess I'll geez. go with KU on this one and just go with it's just an illness. But, man, like that, it, it was kind of a scary morning uh, with, with, with some things that were being thrown out there. So, prayers to uh, Bill Self as he uh, recovers in the hospital and going to miss uh, the entirety of the tournament there in Kansas City. Yeah, that's – I guess I didn't. I, somehow I didn't. Uh, I didn't see that report. So, wow, that's that's big. Hope he's okay. Um, illness, heart attack. I don't know. Maybe those could both end up being the same thing. Um, I guess you know. I contribute it to illness. I don't, I don't know how that exactly works, but uh, either way, we hope he's okay and he's going to miss the tournament and. Hopefully he's back for the for the NCAA run because they've got a special team yeah. with a with a legitimate opportunity this Maybe year. Maybe the number one overall seed. By the way, KU's up by six right now in the second half against West Virginia, 38-32. 15-13 left in the second half in uh, game two. Game one of the day, Iowa State had a huge upset at Baylor last Saturday, and they did it again. Back-to-back wins over Baylor. Iowa wow. State takes down top ten Baylor. Uh, 78-72, so the uh, Cyclones are uh, rolling on. It's It's been a newsworthy past couple of days in the Big 12. You've had those two stories we just talked about. Mark Adams is officially out at Texas Tech. That happened about, what, two hours after their game last night? Um, this didn't happen in the Big 12, but Jim Beheim, You know, uh, my, my one of my thoughts from the, the whole Jim Beheim thing is, you know, he was at a school for 47 years won a national championship. Like, when you think of Syracuse basketball, you think of Jim Beheim, And I guess you just appreciate, when you see the way that Jim Beheim went out yesterday, an early loss in a conference tournament, and the awkward, you know, post-game exchange that happened there and all that. Like, when you look at the way that Bob Stoops got to go out, you kind of say to yourself, man, like, when you're at a school for a long time, it's very few and far between when a guy kind of gets to go out on a high note and kind of on his own accord, Jim Beheim, who is Syracuse basketball, didn't get to do that. A lot of other coaches did. Like, Bob's just one of the few that got to do it his his own way, which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, um, it is. And, I, you know, I, I just saw this briefly today. I don't know a whole lot about the situation, but I guess you got something going at TCU too, right? Uh, with – 
Eddie head Lampkin. coach Jamie Dixon. Dude. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Eddie Lampkin like left the team for. I, I don't know if those two situations are connected, but yeah, I guess there is a. Um, no, actually, it is because didn't he have? You probably saw the uh, Instagram conversation that he was having about what Jamie Dixon said to him. So yeah, that's that's a situation yeah. now. Yeah, sometimes I, I haven't seen the the conversation, but I know he alleges some type of abuse from uh, from Jamie Dixon and other TCU staff. So I, there's a lot floating around out there right now in uh, in the hoops world. A lot of stuff going on. Um, yeah, but forty seven years. We'll see how it all unfolds. Forty seven years at one place. That's incredible. Do you think we're ever going to see? a coach in a major collegiate sports spend 47 years at the same program ever again? Boy, that's a great question. And what would it take? Like, what would it take for that person to stay? I mean, like it's happened before, I guess, right? Or at least close to it. Paterno was at, uh, I think he got to Penn State in like 1966. So he was there for a while. Bowden was at Florida State for a while. Like, we've seen... We've seen coaches stay for multiple decades at a school, but it's just not happening as much anymore as it used to. No, it's not. It's there's there's quick turnaround. Um, you know, the, with the more money that everyone's making, there's more scrutiny. Um, you know, there it's. I think you're quicker to to turn around and maybe fire someone and, and go after someone else because of the inflated salary. You feel like you're not getting the bang for your buck instead of letting someone kind of, you know, work their way through some, some issues and try to develop a program a little bit more. Like the only – how long is um, – how long has Bob Huggins been at West Virginia? Not as – I mean, not anywhere close to that. I mean, he was still at Kansas okay. State back in – oh, gosh, what year was that? I'll, I'll, I'll look at that. Oh, yeah, that's – yeah, he's not anywhere close to that. Okay. I thought he – I don't know why I he's thought He's been he there since his. 2007, yeah. 2007, yeah, which nowadays is still a pretty long time to be at a school. But oh yeah, it is. I I uh, like text line is saying that if you actually count, you know, playing and being assistant there, then Bayheim was at Syracuse for 60 years. I I don't think that we're really going to see anyone moving forward be at a school for 47 years because, like, the salaries have changed so much with these coaches, and I mean they can make life changing money yeah. in about two or three years time. Like that wasn't the case when. Jim Beheim first got into coaching, or like you hear all the time about how much Barry Switzer was making at OU back in the 70s and 80s, right? Yeah. Like a lot of these coaches, I think that, you know, well before 47 years, even if they rip off multiple titles like a Kirby Smart might say, I've got the money I want, I had the career I want, I'm, I'm good here, I'm just going to enjoy the rest of my life doing something else. Well, there's no doubt, and, you know, and I'm not saying that this is, uh, this is better or worse. It's just a reality. You're also not afforded the mistakes that you were previously. It's true, man. You know, it, it, you just take a look at the, the Texas Tech situation, and I don't even know anything about it. I'm just saying, like, it's, you know, he, he makes a statement or, or a, a series of statements to a player and – a couple days later, he's handed in his resignation, right? Um, and, again, I'm not saying whether he should have or shouldn't have. I'm just saying, like, it wasn't very long ago where 
situations like that were a lot less likely to end in the dismissal of a coach, right? There seemed to be a lot more, uh, you know, a lot more leniency or maybe less reporting. Like maybe those incidents just didn't see the light of day as much. But now, you know, you're always, you're always a, a statement or a, I guess a, a conversation away from possibly losing your job. So um, there's, there's way more benefits there, way more money, but I guess you could say the risk is, is also there way as well. Way more avenues to get fired these days is essentially what you're yeah. saying as a collegiate coach, and I, I, I would agree yeah. with that. Justin in Kawita says the only 47 that matters is ours. Uh, OU is capitalized in the, the word ours, by the way. Um, let's see. Bayheim has been at Syracuse for 60 years, correct? This one says Coach K was at Duke forever. That's right. Kendall says no way. A head coach is at another school moving forward for 47 years. I agree with that. Uh, Drew from Flower Mound says – what's, what's, Yeah, go ahead. Can you think of any of the longest tenured uh, coaches around right now in any sport? Kirk Ferentz at Iowa. Um, Got to be the longest tenured in college <laughs> yeah. football, right? What's he going on? Twenty-five years, I guess, right? Yeah, twenty-four. Um, yeah, he's he's probably got to be one of the longest tenured head coaches at the same school right now in college football. Yes, like Mike Gundy's not far behind, being at OSU since two thousand and yeah. what five, I guess. How long has Izzo been at Michigan State? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, he's been there a while, right? Yeah, I mean, he was definitely there during the uh, Mateen Cleaves year for sure. He's been at Michigan State since, let me find exactly when he's been there. 95. Yeah, dang. Oh, wait, well, hang on a second. Well, he started as a, an, a he was in a Michigan State assistant from 83 to 95. Head coach, 95 to present. So, he's knocking on the door of 30 years um, as head coach and going back to 83, so 40 years as, um, you know, just – just tenure there so he's got quite a bit of he's, he's been there a long time and it doesn't seem like there's any sign of, of him leaving either right um no he he had he's a up there in age he's he had a recent interview i think i saw it yesterday actually oddly enough where his inner scoreboard is what drives him he's super competitive it was like the uh the nick saban response to when's he going to retire and how long he's going to coach he still loves the competition every yeah. single day that's that's what he craves um Totally off topic, yep. but it's something that I've really enjoyed seeing this week because I think it's so funny. So I'm sure you haven't seen this, but a lot of the media members covering the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City are complaining about their seats at the events because they used to be like right behind the scores table. You're basically sitting on the floor. Right. Well, the new Big 12 commissioner, Brett Yormark, he said, um, yeah, I kind of see a money-making opportunity there where the media is sitting right now. So let's move those guys up to the rafters. He's been selling those seats for $5,000 each. I don't know if that's just for one game or the entire tournament. I'm going to guess the entire Ooh. tournament. But he's been making cash on where the media members used to get to sit during the Big 12 tournament, moved them up to the rafters. He's even had like um, some sort of like a uh, private club that's there for the people to get to sit in those seats or something. Anyway, the media members are mad because their access to their seats aren't as good as they were previously. And I don't, you know, well, moving on to the SEC, but your mark's like, I'm going to go ahead and make some money off this deal. 
I understand that, um, you know, if there's 20 extra seats there, and I think there's more than that, but yes. if there's 20 extra seats there and you sold them all for $5,000, that's a hundred grand. I mean, it's kind of hard to, com- you know, to to get mad at that, and I'm sure there's more revenue attached to it than, than just the hundred grand. The I guess the real problem is, like, I understand if maybe the media doesn't have the entire, like, row one and row two like they used to have. But they went from that best seats in the house to the worst seats in the house. <laughs> like, that's the real problem, right? Yeah. It's like there was no in-between. Uh. You couldn't find anywhere else to, to maybe give them a, uh, an opportunity to see the game and still view it with a positive light. I mean, at the end of the day, they're the ones that are going to be writing the stories about the experience. So... I don't know. That's a tough one. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Hanging out at Chicken and Pickle today up in OKC. We'll tell you more about that next. The word is spreading, and the ref army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the ref. Estate. The rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Uh, I'll give you an update of what's going on in Kansas City. KU currently leads without Bill Self right now over West Virginia, 51-42, 10 and a half minutes left in the second half. So action going on in Kansas City, which uh, makes me think, tell me what you think about the SEC tournament sites for the uh, major sports that's out there. Tell me what you think about these destinations, all right? Uh, baseball, SEC baseball tournament played in Hoover, Alabama. Like it, love it, hate it. Uh, well, I hate it until someone tells me why it's played in Hoover, Alabama. Is that just it's a? It's been there for a long time. Uh, I don't know the reason why it's played there. Is there, is there some special ball? Like who even plays in Hoover, Alabama? So they used to play. I'm guessing they still do now. The Hoover Met, like Hoover is a big-time Alabama high school football program. Like there was a show, do you remember the show on MTV that had Rush Probst as the head coach? And um, who was it? Remember John Parker Wilson that played quarterback at Alabama? Basically, it was like two seasons long of it, like going through yeah. Hoover's, uh, do you remember that show on MTV? Yeah, I remember. Didn't and that guy ended up saying something about Alabama, like down the road or something later, didn't he? Well, like in a conversation that yeah, was recorded but he, or something. He weird. always wanted to coach at Alabama, but he basically had yeah. another family on the side and saving. Yes, yeah, that's, weird going yeah. On. He uh, that's why he didn't get that Alabama assistant job. So ba- it sounds like they have a facility where that's where the football team plays, and they can also expand it to a really nice baseball park as well. Don't I? I don't have any that other information really outside weird. that, but it does sound weird. <laughs> that does that sound weird for like the elite conference in college baseball that they play at some weird expandable high school park. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's. It I'm sure it's like amazing, and and once I see it, I may I may understand and and get it, but. Just off like the the top, whenever you mention mention it to me, it sounds sketch. 
Uh, how about the basketball tournament? It's going to be in Nashville for the foreseeable future. Can we get down with that? Love it. Well, I say I love it. I love the thought of it. I've I've only been to Nashville to play against the Tennessee Titans, and that is the only time. So I flew in, took a bus to a hotel, played a football game, took a bus back to the airport, and that's it. I would think so I would think Nashville is a pretty cool Nashville. destination. Um, I don't know what type of attendance the SEC basketball tournament gets, but you're probably looking at a very pro Tennessee crowd when you're watching the SEC basketball tournament in Nashville. I, I would imagine, and Kentucky fans, yeah, mostly Kentucky and Tennessee fans. I would imagine. I will give it a thumbs up, though. Yeah, no, it it, it sounds a whole lot better than Hoover, Alabama. Uh, football is in Atlanta. We kind of know that. Probably going to be there for the foreseeable yeah. future, I would guess. I guess that's okay. And then soft- I wish they'd rotate it. but Softball is interesting. It's going to be in Fayetteville, Arkansas this year, based on my research. And it looks like last huh. year it was in Gainesville, Florida. It doesn't look like they have a permanent site for it. I don't know if they just like rotated around SEC towns, but if that's the case, let's just – move that bad boy to Oklahoma City and call it good. What, what, what do we say, everyone? Let's make that happen. I don't know. I think we should I, – I would prefer that, obviously, but I think we should not do that so we don't rile up any of the hatred over the, uh, the World Series being in Oklahoma City. <laughs> True. We'll go ahead and give them, their, give them their Fayetteville or Gainesville or wherever it is. Um, heck, they may host it at – uh, in Norman at some point if we've got a new when we get our new stadium built if that's kind of if they're just kind of rotating between the, the the different parks in the SEC the different venues that you that you the teams have so I don't know interesting Travis and I were talking okay about with it, that though Travis and I were talking about it yesterday it doesn't feel like the SEC football championship games going to move from Atlanta anytime soon like Atlanta is kind of Kind of feels like it's the college football capital right now with the amount of big games that's played there and the college football Hall of Fame is there at this point. I, I wonder, though, if Jerry Jones is going to try to make a run at it, at least to hold it once every five years or something like that. I don't know if he'll have any success with that, but I could see him trying to make a run at it. Yeah. I wonder what the uh, the current contract is for the uh, for the – Peach Bowl hosting it. I mean, is that how they – what do they call it? Is it the Chick-fil-A SEC championship or whatever, or is it something else? Uh, I don't know who the sponsor is attached to that. It may just be like the uh, – you know that there's a sponsor attached to it. Maybe it is Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I could find I could find information on how long the SEC basketball tournament is going to be in Nashville. I couldn't, I couldn't find anything on Atlanta and how far out that they have that. But – if anyone yeah. other than Atlanta was going to get that, I would guess Jerry Jones is probably going to make the strongest selling point to get it to Arlington at least, you know, once every five years, once every decade, something like that. And, you know, it's just something that we've taken for granted for a while is, you know, the ability just to drive down to Arlington. It's an easy drive. It's a conference championship game, but you can do it in one day. And that's not going to be the case anymore if you're playing in some SEC championship games in the future. That's like a whole other expense trip by itself, going, going to Atlanta for that. Yeah. The first two SEC championship games were held at Legion Field in Birmingham, Alabama. 
Um, that would be 92 and 93. And it's been in Atlanta since 1994, in the Georgia Dome from 94 to 2016, and now in the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium from 2017 to present. And um, it's the Dr. Pepper SEC Championship. Oh, so they took that from the Big I guess 12, huh? They lock them all up. Man. Yeah, it's like, I, I guess they uh, they go ahead and lock all those up. I don't see anything, though, on like a, on a, contract or anything for the for the future but maybe i'll come Peyton across says last point. extension i can find for atlanta was in 2015 until 2026 thank you for that Peyton. nice job yeah. there you go there there's the info right there so uh jerry's world probably gonna throw a bid in there hey if i know anything about college football the uh the spoils go to those who are willing to fork over the most money right so I don't know exactly who all is in on on presenting that type of bid, but if you can make it work, then I I wouldn't doubt that Jerry uh, and that group there would definitely make some type of pitch. You know, at least at the very least, he's been thinking about it a lot in the shower. I have been. (laughs) I have been. (laughs) All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the text. I will get to some of those next six five one. 3439, hanging out at Chicken and Pickle today up in OKC Indoor Outdoor Entertainment Complex. They got really good, casual, uh, chef driven restaurants, sports bar. They got several sports bars throughout. There's like five or six different spots here. It's really, really cool. Pickleball is, uh, if you haven't played, you got to pick it up. My parents, Tyler, built a pickleball court Sweet. at their house. They love it. They're into it. Uh, people of all ages are here. There's, there's, they got leagues going. They've got different tournaments that, that make their way through here. They give lessons here. Uh, just a great food menu, drink, atmosphere, all kinds of fun games going on. And uh, it's even good when the weather's bad. you got the huge indoor area in there right now where a bunch of people are playing. So really cool stuff up here at Chicken and Pickle. We'll be back. This is your home for Sooner fans. It is the rush on the ref. Kind of funny the narrative that you get about conference realignment when you hear it from the Pac-12 side of things. All 10 schools are united right now. They're willing and ready to work through this thing. Big 12 side of things, Dennis Dodd wrote a story today. That ain't the case, man. Big 12 seems to think that it is very close to dropping, that those four corner schools uh, try to move to the Big 12. They think if one of them wants to leave, then the rest are going to leave as well. Self is quoted as saying, like, Arizona is like the big one here. Uh, K-State's head coach Jerome Tang is saying, like, who doesn't want to go to Arizona? So I guess this isn't that big of a surprise. Big 12 thinks it's close, and they're all like, yeah, Arizona is the real prize of the four corner schools that we could get. Well, I think, it, I think it's maybe the prize right now, but you never know what the future may hold. I mean, heck. If Dion does something big at Colorado, I mean, that could, like, just that alone, the attention that Colorado's getting right now, like, it's it's going to be must-watch football, at least for the first couple of years, to see if if he's able to have any success. If he does, it's going to explode, and no telling where that could all end up, and Utah's been strong, that's that's fascinating. All right, hour number two of The Rush coming up next here from Chicken and Pickle up in OKC.